Like, I yeah. need my haircut, guys. I need my haircut. Mm. Uh, my hair is wild. I'm over it. I need. I want to yeah. shave it off. Mary would kill me. <laughs> I've, I've, I've thought about shaving my hair, but I'm just no, because I'm afraid it won't go bra- grow back yeah. properly. <laughs> I've been preparing <laughs> no for this good. situation all my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> I was ready. Well, I'm like, so, I'm, so I am legitimately like wearing a bandana a lot of days because it's just the hair's in my face all the time. It's annoying, but I look like mm-hmm. such a tool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Welcome to Brose. So so. My name is Matt Casnell. <laughs> and joining me, as they always do, are my bros in Rose. Yeah, uh, on an audio feed reporting live. <laughs> on an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everybody. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey. And on an audio feed reporting live from Roger Goodell's office, it's Tim Hansen. Is, is he the peanuts? Is he just the jar of peanuts? He's the jar or of I peanut mean, M&Ms, M&Ms. Yeah. sitting on his desk. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we're, the, the NFL draft. I've got the, the got the NFL draft on another TV as we're recording this, and uh, they had Roger Goodell announcing a pick. And for the first time all night, I noticed like a substantial glass container of M&Ms uh, with the NFL draft logo on the front, but still decidedly full of M&Ms on Roger Goodell's desk. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel I like a bunch of rich guys are, are just like that. Like, yeah. Do you remember? Like Ajit Pai, the head of the SEC, I think. No, the FCC. FCC. is like is um, it's just like ha- carries around a giant Reese's mug all the time. <laughs> it's just like it's just like a weird thing that like CEOs do. Like just have you're like, supposed a to bunch have like candy. a thing of candy. You gotta. I don't know why. We'll figure it, it out. Yeah, it, like Jujubes or something. It's to show <laughs> that they're like the Mike Nikes. It's to yeah. show that they're uh, they're just like everyone else, even though they're the one percent. They're just like everyone else. Yeah. They still have their coffee and their Reese's mug, and they still eat peanut M and M's. Took out all the brown M and M's. What a bunch of shit! <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's wrong uh, with the brown M and M's? Huh? You already know they're chocolate. Well, uh, <laughs> I want to be surprised I, when I, I bite my toast into the it. Same way everybody. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah, my butler <laughs> I can't wait to see what it is I mix my Skittles and my M&M's because I'm a freaking rebel you're a monster um, yeah. you're a monster uh, welcome to the Brose podcast everyone uh, available as always on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud tune in and everywhere else refined podcasts are bought and sold we are on the second round of questions here uh, on session 28 so 28 Um, And if you listen to any of our prior episodes, you'll know that the premise of our show is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. Um, And when we we do it while sipping uh, delicious, crisp, refreshing, uh, life-changing, earth-shattering, running for president bottles of rosé. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you want to email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. So uh, before we get to the wines, though, no, no, we get to the wines first and then the questions. <laughs> before we get to the wines, uh, let's dick around for a little bit more. What's up, guys? How you know? How you know? I'm fine. I'm just chilling. There we go. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about our wines. Tim, what are you drinking tonight? 
I am drinking Bucket List. It's a Californian rosé, and it's um, it's at. Sorry. Right. It's a uh, wine in the book. It's fine. That's about as much uh, <laughs> description as it as it warrants. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't give it a second more than it deserves. Uh, Sean, <laughs> pretty much. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the O'Brien House Blend, which is a combination of Broversation and Paris Valley Road uh, 2018 wine, which it says the grapes are selected from estate vineyards and are San... Ardo Ranch in the arid, rocky hills of southern Monterey County, just north of Peso Robles, California. Chalky soils and cool coastal climate ensures high-quality fruit that ripens slowly, developing delicate but rich flavors and intensely aromatic wines. And the wine, mm. this wine by itself, was pretty good. Uh, they Somebody got it for Mary and I, um, I think for Christmas... Uh, her brother and his girlfriend got us this wine, a uh, a gift card to a restaurant near us, and offered to watch Alice and Jake for the night. So they got us a date night, and it was very nice. And we didn't finish the whole bottle of wine. There was just a tiny bit left. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm drinking, mixed with some proversation. And let me tell you, it's fine. It'll get the job done. Good for what ailed you. Yep. Uh, Rich, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Buschager. Buschager. Um, it is a 2018 rosé um, brewed or, or uh, bottled in, uh, and if I were a good reader, I would have seen this before, <laughs> product of Austria. Um, <laughs> when I was Tim first successfully reading... found out that it was Austrian that, yes. we, uh, that we saw in the bottle earlier. You're welcome. And, and uh, you. it, it's actually written on the back of the bottle, but when I first read it, I could have swore it said Australia. So I'm a terrible reader. Um, it is good, though. I enjoy it. Okay. Awesome. Strong, strong wine. I am drinking uh, JP Asiatio. Uh, uh, it's a Portuguese wine. Uh, it is a, it's a pretty good rosé. Again, it, I feel like this is sort of the nondescript evening because it's it's <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it, it is not standing out for me. It is not you know particularly sweet. It is not particularly dry. It is is sort of right down the pike as far as as rosés go. So uh, listen, you can't go wrong with it. I think this is like a eight or nine dollar bottle. So listen, you could do much worse for for eight to nine dollars. Yeah. Um, what I'm not drinking tonight is Bud Light Seltzer, a beverage that I just found out existed because it's sponsoring <laughs> part of the NFL draft. God, like the seltzer thing was already getting a little bit out of hand. Like, like I listen, I acknowledge that that it's good that you have a little bit of variety with your alcoholic beverages. But what could be more foul than Bud Light making a hard seltzer? I- I wonder, but all of the seltzers I've ever seen were gluten free. I wonder if Bud Light seltzer is or not. Uh, I mean, I would, I would assume that they would try, but who knows? I mean, they, they might just, you know, <laughs> I just, just throw it in there for the sake of throwing it in there. Um, I don't know. <sighs> well, it's, uh, it's like, it's like Red's apple ale because that's an ale, even though it's supposed to be a cider, so it has right. beer in it. So right. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, what I mean, I'm expecting they did with Bud Light Cider. I would have thought that well, for maybe the cider. I would figure for the seltzer they're trying to get that that market of people who won't drink beer for that reason, whether they're gluten free or they're trying to do something, you know, keto diet or whatever. Okay. Um, I would imagine they're trying to get that group of people, and so putting gluten in it would would work against that. But yeah. who knows? I it, I'm, it I'm is not in the beer industry. Free. I just looked it no. up. There you go. Great. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> gluten, gluten free, taste free, joy free. 
Bud Light <laughs> seltzer. Yes. Uh, who, who are their second round of questions? I do. So the bad right, reader is going to read more. <laughs> You're a good reader. You're I good read questions. good, good. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, and so let's just go into the first question. Um, submitted by Amanda Hastings. All right, Amanda. What, yeah. what two films would you like to combine into one? The Passion of the Christ and Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> 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 um, so there's this unknown movie called Iron Man. There's this other mm-hmm. unknown movie called Captain America, the first Stop event. bringing these indie films into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's these two indie films. We're going to lose our Iron audience Man. on this. <laughs> I think I think they should like team them up mm. into like some sort of avenging movie. Hmm. You think that's gonna be enough to sustain a whole avenging movie though? No, you think we may work in a few honestly, other heroes? I would rather see them fight each other. Oh, you know what? Like a sort of like civil war type of thing? Mm. I guess you could call it that like if you want. Brother against to. brother almost? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. That's what I'd like to see. Okay, I could mm. see that happening. Like maybe get like other kinds of superheroes or mm. something yeah. to fight with them. Yeah. Okay. Almost like a like they're they're all part of the same universe of cinema. Yes. Mm. It'd be okay. marvelous. <laughs> it could be marvelous. Well, I mean, that's absolutely preposterous. But I'm I'm glad you're you're thinking outside the box on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's so, what we do on the Brose podcast. Done. Yeah. Listen, you're going going off the wall with it. <laughs> Uh, Sean, what two movies would you combine into one? Oh my god, um, this is very difficult. I would like to see. I want to see like a really good serious movie, maybe like The Social Network, but like in like a uh, Spirited Away type. So I would have it in like a in like an ad, like a really serious anime style, like a real. I want a drama, but like just drawn that way, like beautiful, majestic stuff, but about like. I guess Facebook in this case. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the absolute shithead who started yeah. a social network. But absolutely gorgeous to look at. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Tim, what would your two movies be? I've been sitting here trying to come up with ideas, and every idea I've come up with is more or less just, oh, the original idea, and then the movie that like copied that movie and turned it into something else. So more or less, I'd just be making the same fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I was like, shorty and be cool. <laughs> <laughs> like ghost in the shell and, and uh, the matrix. It's like, Oh, half of that is the same <laughs> fucking storyline. Still a good pick. Uh, so, I have no idea. So, so hear me out. Take Marley and me. No. And come and combine it. With the dog's life slash purpose movies. Nope, fuck you. So that sounds like a lot of crying, after, and I'm not ready for it. So <laughs> e- even after the end of Marley and Me, at least you know that the spirit of the dog continues. Why don't I just add in like, oh, Sea Biscuit, but only the part where they put down the horse? Like, just, just, just really, just really lay it on thick. <laughs> Let's take the end of where, uh, where the red fern grows, and the end of Marley and uh, Me, and the end of Old Yeller, geez. and the end. <laughs> <laughs> All into one, and, and you know what? You know what? Yeah. Add add that, that Harrison Ford video. movie where he's with the sickly dog who like leads him through the woods, like <laughs> the new one. Ooh, uh, I would pick. 
Conair and Air Force One. Oh, oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> just the president on an airplane with a bunch of convicts for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't think we've ever seen Nick Cage and Harrison Ford on screen at the same time. Uh, they're the same person. Probably. It might be. I, in a similar vein, my actual choice would have been. I, I thought of this as soon as I said the my dumb joke about the Passion of the Christ. Um, was I, I would like to do uh, uh, bring the best of Stallone together and do Rocky and Rambo. So like when he loses the first fight, he's like, "I didn't lose. I I never lose." And he just shoots everybody in the uh, in the uh, in the boxing ring. Just guns Apollo Creed down in the middle of the boxing ring. Yeah. Yo, Adrian, that's the name of my Tommy gun. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on combining films? Uh, just reminded, no, just, this reminded me of the, if you could replace uh, all but one character. <laughs> that's a Muppet. That's the Muppet. <laughs> that was a great question. Uh, but yeah, I, no, I can't, I can't think of any other like legitimate ones maybe like do like like what they did with detective pikachu and sonic and do a smash bros type thing that'd be pretty sweet Mm. but that would be combining Mm. a whole bunch of other different universes as well yeah could get ugly at that point but it'd be fun yeah uh all right then uh how about the next question then rich what do we got (laughs) all right uh the next question is submitted by uh brian everett all right brian what song slash artist takes you to the beach the second you hear it? Yellow card. Summer, summer, summer time. Yellow, yellow card. A... I, I, I like yellow card. Um, yeah. I'd have to go uh, um, the obvious Weezer Island in the Sun. And also, uh, because when we were at Sea Isle one year with Key, um, Tim was showing him. Uh, 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 21 pilots. So every time I hear <laughs> 21 pilots, it brings me back to that memory as well. Oh, that's a nice memory. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. That was a good year at the beach. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be either a beach, a sunny sounding song, like, you know, like literally the beach boys or somebody like one of those sunnier kind of pop songs or, or, or it'll be something like that where it's, you were at the beach when you heard this album, this song, this, whatever, and you're going to associate it with that memory. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about uh, you guys? So mine's uh, Salt and Peppers. Let's talk about sex. Beca- <laughs> because when I was little, and uh, my siblings' dad would take us to the oh. beach, they it was it was usually on the radio at some point during the drive all the way uh, to Wildwood. And because I didn't know what it was about, for whatever reason, I thought it was hilarious that I just sing it. At I the think top it's pretty clear in the song title what it's about, Tim. <laughs> I was like five. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> Let's talk and about sex. Got- Why is this about religion? <laughs> Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things. Oh my god! What are the, what are the good things? What are the bad things? <laughs> what are the bad things? Hmm. We talk about that in the song too. <laughs> uh, wolf. Uh, so let's talk about sex by Salt and Pepper. Reminds you of the beach be, for for memory's sake as well. Exactly. It just takes me back to being little, being carefree, and going to the beach and having fun with family. Nice, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sean? Did you did you mention one? No, but I. 
I think, you know, the basic, like, the Beach Boys and those kind of things make me think of the Beach, but the the podcast, Science Versus, is, mm. it makes me think of the, and I know this is, it's not really in the spirit of the question, but, like, because you were saying, like, things that you remember listening to on the way to the beach, Mary and I listen to that podcast pretty much every time we go down to Cape May together, just because it's one that, like, Jake, we can have on that Jacob can also hear, and it's not bad, so, like... And we'll just listen to that. And it's not, and a lot of times we'll just talk. We'll just have like a long conversation and the podcast will end and we'll keep talking. So I always mm-hmm. think like whenever that's on and that lady's real thick Australian accent comes on, I'm always like, oh, yeah. I always think, I think about she, I think beat. she's a, I think she's a Kiwi. I think she's New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. It, dri- it drives my you- wife crazy too. I love that <laughs> show. and It drives my wife crazy. Uh, Wendy Zuckerman. Uh, yeah, her, her extraordinarily thick New Zealand accent. It yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, exactly. And that just makes me think of going to the beach with Mary and Jacob. And mm-hmm. it's that. So it's not a song, but it's that podcast makes me think of the beach. I don't. I don't know too. this podcast at all. What is it? It's a Gimlet Media podcast, and it okay. basically takes a. Um, it takes a scientific. I mean, Sean can explain it too, but it takes a scientific yeah. concept and is like, all right, does this actually is this actually true? Like, I think they did one on like fasting diets. Um, they've done some on gun violence. They've done some, and basically they just take like a common myth or like is chiropractor is, is the practice of chiropractic practory. I can't talk or chiropractor is good for you. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, okay. so they do stuff like that. And, uh, incidentally they had an episode in October that was just called pandemic and it was, and it had Dr. Anthony Fauci on it and it was what would happen if a pandemic hit. And that was in October of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they've done like six straight episodes on uh, COVID since then, but uh, but yeah. it's it's a very entertaining show. Yeah, mm-hmm. hmm. uh, it's a good stuff. It. Quality program. Um, any other thoughts on uh, music, artists, anything that reminds you of the beach that takes you to the beach? Uh, no, nothing else for me. I'm I, I've never really been a big beach goer my entire life, so like the beach is tech. Kind of, I guess you could say, a new thing for me over the past five, six years. So I don't have a lot of those. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get more then. You have an opportunity to get a little bit more then. Yeah. Um, Big moment right here for the Brose Podcast. The official football team of the Brose Podcast, the Cleveland Browns, are on the clock. Let's go, baby. Let's go. This is where they they revitalize this franchise. Let's go. Um, all right. So, uh, what's our, what's our next question, Rich? Next question submitted by, uh, Matt's mom. All right. Uh, you are all about 30 years old. Have you gotten to the age where new slang or trends make you feel old? Have you heard a new slang term and had to look it up because you didn't know what it meant? Yes, I definitely have. Um, I forget what it is. It's like capped or like, you know, put a cap in or something like that. Like not like shooting somebody, but it's like, you know, that's a cap or whatever. Not like there's something involving capping uh, (laughs) that I don't quite understand that is happening on Twitter. And I don't like it (laughs) because I don't understand it. And I'm scared. I've I've uh, I've looked up the origin of Finna, F-I-N-N-A, so so many times because I hate it so much. Oh, I'm no cap is what cap it is. In that ass. <laughs> it's no, it's no cap. I'm sorry. It's it's a no cap. I, I don't know if that means they're not fucking with you or something like that. But uh, sorry, Rich Finna. Finna, Finna just makes me so mad. Um, 
because at least when I was growing up, as far as I know, it it wasn't a thing. And so, like, when I hear people use it, I'm just like, what is finna? What like and I look, you, finna means like fitting to, right? Like, I'm, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Get but, out of here. But it's now. like, but it's yeah. it's like, like I'm fitting. I'm fitting to go and uh, and tell this guy who's like who's boss or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. But like, if I were to look up finna, it'll say gonna. I'm like, why don't you just say gonna then? Because. Because like, that's not how slang works, Richie. Yeah. I know. That, I'm I'm old, and I I hate it. I hate Finna so much. The, the olds here coming in against Finna. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that that and TikTok, but I'm starting to grow into TikTok. Just TikTok in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, is there any slang that you are uh, not uh, privy to, or anything you've had to look up recently? Anything that makes you feel old? I mean, now that I've gotten over my distaste for yeet. Uh, no, <laughs> honestly, it's taking a long my, time. My, well, Yeet. I mean, I've, I came around to eat a while ago, but it, it, my only distaste with it at the beginning was it seemed like it was a catch all verb, which is not what it's supposed to be. And now people are using it to actually mean eating something and for throwing <laughs> something. So it's like I didn't understand what it meant because people were using it as a verbal version of John, which is bullshit. So now that people are genuinely using it correctly, I'm like, oh, word, I could get behind this. (laughs) (laughs) Conjugate your slang, goddammit. (laughs) Or utilize it correctly. Um, So honestly, no. I honestly don't normally notice. Things don't normally jump out of me. And then I realize I use a word in a group of people that have never heard it. And I was like, oh, none of you know what that means. And that used to happen when I went to CFS a lot. Uh, because I went to boarding school with kids from literally all across the country and other countries. So it's like, I picked up random vernacular that no one else knew what the fuck it meant. And it was like, how do you not know what that means? Like, come on. It clearly means this. Yeah. So I guess my transition or my ability to pick up on stuff like that has just always been kind of good. So I just don't notice, which is like why, why Richie, when Richie said that, I was like, how do you not know what that means? Like that, that's simple. Tim Hansen, hip to the youths. <laughs> hip to the right? youths. Yeah. I can be hip. young people. I'm chilling. <laughs> I, um, my, so nothing recently favorite, now. My favorite thing I've seen about Yeet was recently. It's a uh, Yeet is just the opposite of yoink. <laughs> opposite of yoink. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb but i appreciate it it's good it's it's correct it is oh boy uh any other uh thoughts on the slang question no i mean i have a we i have an 11 year old so like it's just constant and i yeah i definitely i don't know it doesn't make me feel old i think it did for a little bit there was like maybe a couple years ago where i was like he would say stuff i didn't understand but i think that kind of stuff because of the internet is more it's i think everyone has access to it now like when Mm -hmm. we were growing up slang would evolve and then it would just kind of go from like it was mouth not mouth to mouth oral (laughs) (laughs) it was like but you know what i mean like we would just speak it to each other and then it would be a thing whereas now uh, like richie seeing finna on twitter and stuff 
like mm-hmm. it just it permeates the culture so quickly it we i don't think we really have the chance for it to make us feel old because we're not out of the loop for long enough yeah and it, it flattens out the uh the yeah, it definitely flattens out that time because you're you're exposed to uh, <laughs> uh you're exposed to more younger people uh via your your connection on social media uh you know like i i don't you know there's no business part of my life where I'd be hanging out with a bunch of 22 year olds. But if there are 22 year olds that get retweeted in my timeline, uh, who are, you know, or, or favorited or, or what have you, then I'm going to see the stuff that they're talking about and see the words that they're using. And, you know, like Sean said, it's going to, it's going to make things a little bit faster and a little bit quicker. Yeah. Final yeah. thoughts or shall we, uh, shall we move along to our next question? Uh, I think we could, uh, fit move, to move on, on. Fit to move on to our next question. Fit to move. Yeah. We're going to move on to the next question. Yeah. Um, and okay. this question is uh, submitted by uh, Mr. Alex Kasnell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite concept of the afterlife? Even if you don't subscribe to that belief personally or believe in an afterlife at all, which is most appealing to you? Hmm. So, so what is your favorite concept of the afterlife? We talked about it last time. I forget what it was about, but the um, in the last episode about the uh, the good place version of the afterlife, and I yes. really like that version of it, mm-hmm. where it's like you can earn, you know, you you basically earn your spot in heaven by just like earning good points. Exactly, like you, yeah. you by being a good person you can earn your spot. Even if you were a bad person on earth, like you can, there is a point at which you can get to paradise. And then if you want, you can just stop existing because, you know, at a certain point, everything being perfect would be not great. And, yeah. uh, I yeah. actually haven't seen the last season of the, the good places. That's how they, is that how they change it up? <laughs> Listen, yeah, because the, the actual good place no, is real I, screwed up. I, I am not I am not upset at any potential spoilers for it. It's I forgot to watch it when it was coming up on Hulu. Okay. Here's the <laughs> thing. I'm sorry if I spoiled the good place for anyone listening, but the idea that even so even barring that, I've always thought of it like the the Christian idea of purgatory as a place where you kind of purge yourself of all of the bad things that you did. And then you get to go to heaven is is kind of appealing to me. Like that's yeah. I like I like the idea that like you, we are you know imperfect people, but that doesn't mean that we don't you don't get to go to a an ultimately good place. And honestly, right. I've kind of come to terms at this point a little bit with like the idea that everything just stops. And it's like that's nice too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's okay. You had a good run. Yeah, I would I would like for there to be something more, but if there's not, that's all right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just kind of going to sleep forever. I love sleeping. Yeah. So I don't like, I am not thrilled with the idea of, of the sleep forever thing. Um, just cause I, I am a, a human and a friend and have some ingrained fear of my own mortality where it's just like, like, I'm sure I will get to a point in my life where I look at it and go, you know what, if this is it. And you know, when I close my eyes, you know, nothing's going to happen. And I'm just, you know, in the ground or whatever it is, not to be too morbid about a question about death. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not quite at that point yet in my life. And so I'm sure, you know, in, you know, 
50, 60 years, however long it is, I'll be like, you know what? I've experienced enough life. I'm there. And I think that's why the same idea of a good place that that was uh, alluded to in the show and what Sean said is something that appeals to me too, because it's like, hey, you know, I can enjoy paradise if I work towards it, Um, whether it's here on earth or in the afterlife, I have to work towards it. And I can enjoy it for as long as I want until then I decide, okay, I'm going to you know, pass on to whatever is next and just disappear into the ether. Um, what does not appeal to me is the idea of reincarnation um, <laughs> because I don't like the idea, especially like, you know, this, this is like a Buddhist idea. And I, I don't like the idea that you just randomly like, okay, now you're a tree because nothing would drive me crazier than coming back as something like a tree and being like, well, I can't move. Like I would, I I would commit tree uh, Harry Carey uh, and, <laughs> and, and imagine, like, I can't do it. Imagine coming back as like a California Redwood. Like those things last forever. Well, yeah, yeah but that's, like, that's, that's directly related. I'm pretty sure in re- in reincarnation, what you, what you are reincarnated as is directly related to how you've led your life. So you yeah. wouldn't mm-hmm. just randomly come back as a, a redwood. You would come back as a redwood if you would like murder a bunch of people. And it's like, all right, now you just spend hundreds of years as a tree, <laughs> not yeah. moving. But I think the idea yeah. is the it, it is. I think reincarnation is a similar idea to the the good place where you are earning your way up mm-hmm. a ladder, and eventually you reach this kind of yeah nirvana, this heaven state. So like. Right. So I, th- I think it's less. If you start as a human, if you're a really good human, uh, if you're a really good human, then you wind up as a puppy. Yeah. Um, and then if you're a really good puppy, you're the best boy, a good boy. Then you make it to Nirvana. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's that's the that's the line. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hey man, I, I studied. I know. So, but if so, if, if reincarnation was just a crapshoot, and you're coming back as whatever, that would be the yeah. worst one. I think that's, that's probably that, that, that's the aspect of it. I forgot it, it is ringing a bell now because I was imagining basically like the wheel of fortune where it just spins <laughs> and you're a cockroach, and it's like the sixth yeah. time you've been a cockroach, and you're just like, <laughs> God damn, big money, no whammies, <laughs> no whammies, no whammies. I came uh, back as a whammy. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what is your uh, your ideal uh, afterlife? What is your ideal? What's the version of the afterlife that you find the most appealing? Uh, honestly, haven't put that much thought into it because I don't believe in an afterlife. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Probably something along idealistic heaven in that you get to reconnect with all those people that you've lost and but not never ending. I think I'd still want it to be like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then just be done. But something along okay. those lines. Okay. Fancy. That's a, it's, it's a way of looking at, it, but that's it's, I'm sure there's, there's some comfort in that as well. Yeah. Um, now, Rich, what would your I, ideal afterlife be? I mean, I like the idea of like a good place type of afterlife, but I'm also thinking, and it's been a while since I read this, so I might be getting things a little off. Um, but the book seven, the seven people you meet uh, in heaven, where it's like it, it's um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like each person has their own like I guess heaven where they they are, mm-hmm. and it's like when you go to heaven, you meet those seven people, and then you have your own place, and it's like all that like it's like just like I'm in heaven, I I I am whatever I would envision heaven would be is like all my friends and family would be there. And even though this might not be necessarily their heaven, they're there with me and they're in their own heaven, I guess kind of thing. I don't, I don't know 
for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like I it's not something I like to think of because when I do uh, not not right now, but like on instances when I'm alone and it, and it pops in my head, I get severe anxiety when I'm thinking about it and talking about it with friends. I, I it is less, but when I think about it in my own, I get some severe anxiety and potentially mm. can't sleep for that night if it if it comes up. Mm. Um, <laughs> and if yeah, it does, it just freaks me out. So yeah, yeah. You probably I, I mean, won't come back as a redwood, Rich, if it makes you feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that 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 comforts me a little bit. Yeah, if we're if we're being honest, like me saying like if I'll be okay if everything is just black, every so often I will have that thought and have like a mild panic attack for like a moment. Like a mm-hmm. moment where all of all of the breath leaves my body and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna die. But like in this moment right now, having two glasses of wine, I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, whatever, man. Yeah. I, like I have a good life and I'm you know, whatever happens, happens. I can't you can't control it. Everything's out of my control right now. <laughs> yeah, we're sort of freewheeling at this point as a as a yeah. as a race. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is our any, any other thoughts on this one? The ideal afterlife? No. Nope. Man. Uh, no, not at the moment. No. <laughs> the big, the big uh, shrimp shrimp yeah. uh, tray of life. Yeah, like um, I said, I I don't like to think about it that often. So just. <laughs> hmm. Uh, what is our next question then? Our next question submitted by, uh, Emily Cooper is, uh, what was your lowest quarantine moment? The lowest quarantine mm. moment. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Well, this is okay. So we're, it's we're getting there. <laughs> I, wanna, I think there. I might have to, I might have to talk to Mary about how she's ordering these questions. <laughs> because it's like, let's talk about death. Now let's yeah. talk about saddest you've been in the last four of the last yeah. month and a half <laughs> now t- t- think of the person you love the most what do you think their saddest moment has been <laughs> is it related uh, to you and if so explain <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 ah boy um hmm the lowest moment so there was a I, moment oh go ahead rich alright uh, I I have been talking to someone I met via uh, online dating. Um, we started talking about two and a half weeks before quarantine started, and we have still yet to meet because of quarantine. Uh, there has been twice now where we almost met up to get together. And I feel like those are like my lowest because I've like given in to temptation of like, I just want to, and who cares? Mm-hmm. But I haven't. It's like, you know what? It's smart not to. So it's not as much of a, like, I'm down and out and I'm, like, bummed out. But it's more of a, I wouldn't have felt good about myself afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. And and, and I, ha- I haven't done it, though. Which is good, I mm-hmm. guess. And it's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, a, that's very, I can definitely see the, uh, the, the, the way that tears you a little bit. Because it's like, yeah. you want all you want is to see this person and you know, the time when you can't see anybody really. And yeah, that's rough. That's tough. Um, Tim, what about, what about you? Uh, going to work every day. So every day you have that. Um, (laughs) Yikes. Seriously though, break it down a little bit for us. Dude, everyone at work is just fucking miserable, fucking complaining all the time. And it's like, I'm sorry. Do you have a job? Are you getting paid? Um, 
you could be fighting with unemployment right now and doing nothing. And they're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And it's like, but but you're complaining about people who do nothing and mooch off of the system. You can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about the system, but also want to work from like do nothing and get paid for it. That's not how that works. So it's just everybody's fucking miserable. Some of the people that I need to be there to do things aren't there and are quote working from home. It's like that that that's bullshit. You're not doing anything. So honestly, just uh, people are miserable. I'm tired of it. It's like, if you're going to come to work, then just work and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Lowest moment is dealing with your coworkers. <laughs> I, I have one coworker who's literally like, "We're th- this is going to be the Great Depression uh, again, but also combined with the Black Plague. And I'm like, I think you're going a bit far. <laughs> mm. just a bit and he literally like whipped himself up into a panic and had to take a couple days off because he freaked the fuck out <laughs> uh sean what has been <laughs> what has been your lowest i feel weird preparing this question around what's the worst you felt what's the worst this? i felt okay yeah so, um... your lowest moment as a human over the last six weeks <laughs> i have felt this i i have felt such apathy towards like as as this has gone along and i've just read you know you read facebook posts about people who were like actually it's not so bad and like all that kind of nonsense and you like listen to trump saying dumb shit like we're gonna inject isopropyl alcohol into your fucking lungs (laughs) like like and like, and also he was like, you know, I'm going to call all the people who got the small business loans who shouldn't have personally and tell them to give it back. And it's like, you are fucking not. <laughs> but it's just like this intense apathy about all of that stuff. That's like really like I've, I've it's 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 a low point because I want to care and have that like you know, like the hashtag resist kind of mentality where it's like I need to be active and like I need to fight for what I know is right. And in this instance, it's like, we need to stay home. People need to believe like doctors telling them fucking stay home and like need to be empathetic. And it's like, yes, you might not, it might not be that bad for you, but it could be bad for other people. We need to, you know, we need to keep the load off of all of our hospital workers. Like I understand Mm -hmm. all of that, but it's very depressing because I see myself just being like, I don't fucking care. Like let, and this is going to be like very dark and very morbid, but it's like, let all these fucking idiots die. And like, I have that thought every so often and I feel so bad about it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it is, it's such a, I understand that it's a very bad thing to be like, I don't care if these people are dying because mm-hmm. I very much do, but it's just like every so often that'll hit me because it's like, there is, I only have the emotional bandwidth for so much. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I can't care like I, everything requires so much attention right now. It's like, I can't, right. I have a lot of, I have a very difficult time dealing with it, but you know, I, I am very lucky that I have like Mary and my kids to help me mm-hmm. kind of like equal me out. But I still, I have those moments where I'm like, fuck everybody for real. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been browbeaten with so much bad news and, and just bizarre news, especially when it relates to the president over the last couple of years that, you know, now that it's an actual 
well, the global pandemic, it's like, well, I mean, we've already heard him go up there and just spout bullshit for three and a half years. So like what, what new could there possibly be? And now he's just doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's, there's definitely a, an element of that, uh, of, of numbing. Um, I, I will give my, my, my lowest moment and I will, I will brighten things up, um, at the end. Um, I will say the lowest moments have come. Uh, so my, my job has necessitated me working some, some nights and weekends over the last couple of weeks. Um, just cause of the nature of my job, uh, I do work with, um, with uh, small business clients. And so with, um, some of the small business, uh, loans, the SBA has put out the payment paycheck protection program. Um, you know, we've been fielding a lot of those requests and it's been, you know, a, a huge amount of work and with, it's a massive amount of work and every single one has to be absolutely perfect. Or there's a chance that, you know, however many people on that, that company's payroll don't get paid because they don't get this, this money from the government. So there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of hours being worked there. And there's this moment, I think, um, we got pulled into working a late night on a Friday, uh, to, to work like one of these five alarm fires. Um, and so I was working late. My wife was, is still working at the hospital and has been working an ungodly number of hours the last couple of weeks. And I think it was right after we got called on Friday that basically said, we're going to be working Friday, Saturday and Sunday, basically, uh, you know, that I just felt like, uh, there's no getting away. Like, like there's obviously the, the, the devastation that this is causing to, to other people and the, the, the death and the illness and, and just the, 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 the absolute terror it's wreaking on on society you know whether it's from the health side or the economic side but i just felt like boy there's just nothing good happening right now like it was just this feeling of you know i'm gonna have to fit you know i'm gonna have to finish doing i already worked however many hours this week and i have to work until you know 10 o'clock tonight and my wife is out working even later than me and i'm gonna have to wake up early and work tomorrow and so is she and you know there's you know, it's it's because of this global pandemic that's hurting everybody economically and hurting everybody from from a health perspective. Like it was just this moment of there's nothing good. <laughs> it was just a feeling of like there's nothing good happening right now. And obviously, yeah, of course, there's nothing good happening. It's a friggin' pandemic. But it was just it was it was a, a huge weight all at once on like a at like two o'clock on a Friday when it was just you know it felt overwhelming and I felt quite low and you know. We hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen my wife in a long time. You know, we see each other a couple hours a week, basically. So it's just all that collecting together was was a lot. Um, and I said I would brighten it at the end. I'm going to brighten it with something uh, completely unrelated. Uh, and I hate to keep doing this, but <laughs> I in the NFL draft just, just came on camera with a bathrobe on. Uh, and <laughs> it's very important that I let you all know about Henry Ruggs. Who they had video of him after he got picked by the, the, the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the dude is walking around in a bathrobe on live national television, and I, for one, am for it. Living his best life, leave him alone. Yeah, dude, yeah, that guy. Listen, man, if you just got signed to a multi-million dollar contract for four, four to five years. I, I'd be walking around wearing anything the hell I wanted, bathrobe included. <laughs> That's amazing. Yikes. Good stuff from Henry Ruggs. Sorry, I I, I had to do them. I, I saw at the moment that Sean was wrapping up, and I'm like, I, I don't want to say it now. It's going to ruin the flow of things. But, but uh, um, any other thoughts on? Obviously, there's been some some very very low points um, for a variety of reasons, uh, and we're not I, the only ones. Obviously, everybody has been feeling like this. I I also um, my low points pretty much come every Saturday. Because my family has decided 
not to listen and adhere to full-on social distancing rules. Uh, mm-hmm. And they got together Saturday before Easter. They got together last Saturday. They're getting together this Saturday. And I'm like, no. Like, guys, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I yelled at them Easter weekend, but I, it's not worth it anymore to actually stress myself out over it. Um, so I just, I like, ev- pretty much every Saturday becomes a low point for me because my sister and her fiance leave the house to go over to the, my family's place and they're there all day and I'm here by myself and I'm like, well, I could, but like not supposed to, and it's a bad idea. So I'm not gonna, and it Mm kind of just brings me down a bit, uh, which then I sink 16 hours over that weekend into video games or 39 hours into video (laughs) games. (laughs) Got to get to the end of Midgar. Yeah, blows exactly. up. Yeah, well, no, uh, it is. I, it is. It is rough. Like you see stuff on, like, because I'm, I'm, you know, you're part of a bunch of like Facebook groups, or you've, you're on like Reddit, and it's stuff that you like to do, and you see other people like doing those things, but you're like, I'm not going to because it's very, un, it's like unhealthy, and you're like, and you have those moments where you're like, I could just fucking. You know, it's so it's so frustrating. Yeah, and it's yeah. you're just at I'm at emotionally a level that I did not just constantly up in the fucking echelons. But mm-hmm. I want I do want to end with uh, I want all four of you and all the listeners to know that I genuinely I love all of you, and you, uh, you know we're all we're all in this together. So like I'm I appreciate the listeners for listening to us talk about how sad we are sometimes because it's very mm-hmm. cathartic to get it off your chest even though yeah. it's shitty mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I i love you guys too and i love the listeners and i love my family even though they frustrate me and it's just mm-hmm. yeah it's good to get this stuff off our chest absolutely absolutely man um yep. how about we uh let's move on to the next how many questions do we have left rich i don't know um <laughs> I guess yeah, you can't really yeah, you're not holding them in your hands. Uh, so. Let's three move on more. To the next one. Three, three more. more. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, let's make some so moves. the next question. Um which side of the bed do you sleep on? How do you decide? Did you always sleep on that side? What about when traveling? Um <sighs> I am always on the right side. If you're looking at the bed from the foot of the bed, or if you're laying on the bed, if if you're laying on the bed, Hmm. um, like my, I am always, yeah, I'm always on the right side, facing, like out, and I sleep facing out, except for when if I have somebody staying in my bed with me, then I'm on the left, still facing out towards the right though, because that's the direction my iPad and TV are, so that's the way I look. And they're always in front of me on the right side. And we're cuddling. So that's <laughs> that's that's usually me. Even when traveling, I tend to generally face the TV. But it's usually on like the right side. Uh, unless there's somebody to cuddle with. Then it's... I'm behind them cuddling with them. You have... Is... Hmm? I'm, I'm sorry. So I can... I can I'm trying to... So I've slept in the same bed as Richie twice, and he's taken the same place both times, 
And it's been if you're looking at the bottom of the bed, if you're if you're looking up from the bottom, it's on the right side. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Which is the that... opposite of where I sleep. So <laughs> well, that's okay. why we are perfect bed partners. Yeah. Now, if me and you were to cuddle though, I'd be taking your side. <gasps> So that oh. I would be cuddling and wrapped my hands around you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's that. Yeah, I would take that trade. I'd, I'd give up my side to get snugged by Rich. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Tim, what about you? What are your th- what are your thoughts? Uh, if you're sit, if you're standing at the foot of the bed, I'm usually on the left side, facing the edge of the bed. Okay. I, I kind of always have now that I think of it. Um, and every so often Martha will be like, well, let's switch sides. I'm like, eh, let's not. <laughs> and then we do. And she's like, I, my shoulder hurts. I was like, see, we shouldn't have changed anything. Don't fuck with something that works. Don't mess with success. Uh, Sean, what about uh, you? You mentioned it, the opposite side. Yeah, I, I sleep on the left side from the bottom. Got it. I... So it doesn't. It's it changes depending on where we are. Uh, like if we're in a hotel or or what have you. Um, in our home, in our master bedroom right now, I sleep on the right side of the bed, and my wife sleeps on the left side of the bed. And the reason for that is twofold. One, the left side of the bed is closer to the bathroom, so my wife can just get up and go to the bathroom with a knife if she needs to. And secondly, my side of the bed is closer to both the, our bedroom door and the front door of the house, so that when an axe murderer comes in. I'll be the first one going down. I mean, the first <laughs> one to try and confront it. Um, so that, that's essentially where we've we've uh, settled on things for the for our current bedroom situation. See, see, my bed is the opposite. Uh, when I have somebody over, if if they're spending the night in my bed, I have to climb over them to get out of my bed because my bed is in the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so if an axe murderer comes in, they get my partner first. And then they get me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect setup. Yes. Ah, uh, boy. Um, any any thoughts? Any, any particular reasoning other than than what we've discussed behind where you guys like to sleep in bed, left, right, across diagonal? It's just where um, I always end up. Yeah, hmm. it's just kind of. I've always fallen asleep facing towards the right, so I've always like been at the right side looking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, never I don't looked. know why. I think it was mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my bed, the door, like when you came in to my bedroom, you would go to the left side of my bed. So I would just like, that was the quickest. I would just get onto the bed and I, that was the side I was on. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think for me, when I, I shared my, my room with my brother most of my life and my bed was always against a corner. So when I was younger, it brought me comfort knowing that I, if I slept facing that direction, I wouldn't be able to fall out of the bed. And now when I'm older, I'm still facing the right direction, but it's facing out of my house. So I'm like, it brings me comfort knowing that I can get out quickly if I need to. Hmm. That's weird, okay. but like, yeah, that's weird. Interesting. All right. Um, what is our next question, Rich? Uh, next question. Let me make sure I didn't skip one. Uh, is submitted by Amanda Hastings. All right, Amanda. What animal would be the cutest if scaled down to the size of a cat? Didn't we answer this before? Some, we've had something similar. 
Yeah. What would be the cutest if it was scaled down to the size of a cat? Yes. Didn't Matt pick a giraffe? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm remembering this. Incidentally, I'm, I don't know if I picked a giraffe last time, but giraffe is definitely my the first thing that came into <laughs> mind this time. So probably I, yes, and I'm still going with giraffe. I mean, a giraffe is basically a reverse cat. It's got the long neck and short tail. A cat has a long tail and short neck. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I reverse giraffe. <laughs> uh, this right, isn't Rick and guys- Morty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would you guys pick to scale down to the size of a cat? What would be the most adorable? Hmm. You know what? I I would. Hmm, I don't know. All yeah, right. I, good. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a hippo. A hippo was my second choice. <laughs> my my first choice, elephant. I think elephant, cat sized elephant with this little little. Uh, yeah. Opposable nose, get out of here. Mm. I was thinking rhino. Opposable nose. I, I just picture a, a cat-sized rhino being like a little bulldog almost and just be like, ah, I'm going to beat you up and then charge at you and just be like, doink. <laughs> oh, God. Um, any other animals you'd shrink down to the size of a cat? Uh, No, I don't think so. No, I think animals Sperm are good whale. the size they are. <laughs> The tiny Don't fuck with whale. Mother Nature. Yeah, they, she nailed it. She got it right. Unless you're making a Griffin 2.0 or a 3.0. <laughs> yes, some sort of chimera. Make that a cat size, and then we're into it. Yes. Um, Rich, I think we have one more question, right? Yes, we have the final question of session two. Oh, yeah. Um, is it appropriate to confront someone from a distance who is not following CDC guidelines. Well, Rich, what do you think about this? <laughs> it, it depends on your relationship with them. Um, it, if it's family, yes. If it's somebody you don't know out of, and you just see them playing basketball together or whatever, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe not say something. Cause it's, it's not your place. You don't know them. You don't, Maybe they all happen to live together or whatever. But like when it's your family and you know their specific situation, yeah, it's appropriate to say something at least once. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I think it, as Sean had a story about this, I forget if it was this episode or the last one um, where, where he was talking about his neighbor and, you know, you don't know the whole story. You know, there's obviously there could be different circumstances and, and situations where, you know, that for them, like, listen, you're the, these are the only three people they interact with. So it's fine if there are the three that are out there, you know, hanging out at the lake or, or going for a walk in the park together or something like that. Um, so maybe it's, maybe it's different for them. Um, I think I, I am a little more attuned to this because of my wife working in healthcare. Uh, and, and this is directly impacting like how much, you know, she's going to have to do and how much her coworkers are going to have to do. So I've, I've tried to have those conversations with my family. Cause I, I have, um, uh, one family member who is a, uh, a, a skeptic, uh, we'll put it that way. And, uh, I've tried to talk with him about it and have had, a you know, a limited amount of success in swaying his opinion. But, um, as far as seeing somebody who's not complying with CDC guidelines, I don't know. I, I, I also have trouble. It depends on what they're violating because the CDC's guidelines have also changed substantially over the last couple of weeks. And 
there's, there's a genuine chance that people might not have watched the news every single day. So something that was okay two weeks ago, you know, as, as far as, you know, the space, maybe not two weeks ago, but as far as the space you're supposed to keep with each other, how often you're supposed to wear a mask, you know, what places you're supposed to be in, et cetera. You know, that was different two to three weeks ago than it is now. And it's very believable, in my opinion, that somebody might genuinely not know. Like, you know, I still see people at the grocery store with no mask on. And I don't think it's because they're just like, well, screw this. This disease isn't real. It might just be they didn't know they had to anymore. They knew that some people did, but they might not know. So uh, I'm in agreement with Rich. It is entirely dependent on your relationship. Um, And that's all I got. Tim, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, I genuinely just don't care i look at it in the sense of i think sean has brought this up in that if you were trying to engage somebody on facebook and political discourse there is no amount of reason logic or legitimate argument that you can make that will fucking change that person's mind they don't care so largely if a random person i run into on the street and i am a random person to them that they have never met they don't give a fuck what i think so at that point it's just not worth it um Mm -hmm. I did tell somebody they were an asshole at Home Depot the other day because at least in PA, since I think it's this Monday, you're not allowed it, even to central businesses, whereas it's no longer a recommendation. You are not allowed into a business if you are not wearing a mask. And mm-hmm. a guy tried to walk into Home Depot and I was just going to the like pickup lockers that they have outside. And one of the guys is like, hey, you going in? And like one of the employees, he's like, yeah. And he's like, dude. Do you have a mask? He's like, yeah, it's in the car. And he keeps walking forward. He's like, no, the point was you have to go get your mask. He's like, I'm just popping in for a minute. He's like, I don't care. And the guy was being an asshole. And he's like, listen, this dude's trying to do his job and also be safe. You're just being a dick. Go get your mask. And then I walked inside and I got my locker and he gave me the finger when he came back in with his mask. And I was like, you got your mask and you left the guy alone. That's fine. I'll take your random ire. But like, yeah, if it's a random person. And then no, but if you are going out of your way to being an asshole to someone who is literally can't work from home and is at the most risk because they have to serve assholes like you, then yes, I will give you shit. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. How about you, Sean? Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything that has been said. I think, mm-hmm. I think when you're out and about, if you see like, if you see a bunch of dudes playing like basketball or something you can't there's you you don't know the whole story and getting into it with them is kind of silly it's not your place but i i think in in the in the situation where tim was it was like obviously just a dude being a dick and like you kind of have the whole situation there so that's fine and you know i i like i like i said i've been like emotionally pretty drained so i'm not going out of my way to have interactions with family members or friends who aren't mm-hmm. who aren't taking this as seriously as they might need to because mm-hmm. like i think i think about this very similarly to how i think about driving is that you know when i'm driving my car i can only be responsible for myself and driving as well as i can and i can only hope that everyone else on the road is just following the rules yeah. And being as safe as they can be. And that's really how I'm feeling about this whole situation is I can be accountable for myself and my family. But beyond that, to try to control everyone else is kind of a fool's errand and it will burn you out incredibly quickly. And that's that's not what we're looking for. This is going to be for a while and yeah. you need to kind of 
center yourself and you need to do your best to keep keep yourself sane and trying to fight every single person who's like this is stupid i i want to go get a haircut is gonna fucking destroy you so Mm -hmm. do your best yeah agree agree absolutely agree um any other final thoughts on this question no confronting people no their lack of cdc adherence just uh like be smart about it if you're gonna do it like if you're gonna talk to somebody about it that you don't know just be smart about it don't obviously don't get in their face do it from a distance but at the same time like you don't know how that person's gonna react and they're probably gonna then get in your face so it's just be be smart about being stupid like we say yeah, if you're gonna go out and uh, not social distance, uh, do it with do it with uh, with friends, family, do it with people that you know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's that. Um, yeah. Any other t- final takes? I do have a I do have a football take. If anybody go ahead and let's, make your let's uh, hear it. Right. Make your football take. All righty, go for the Hail Mary. (laughs) Welcome to Kaz's Corner, everybody. Um, So the NFL draft is tonight. It is an incredible, uh, it's a a fun night. It's it's full of speculation. It's like the pinnacle of the offseason for any sport is is watching the draft and seeing where these guys go. It's a blast. It's a ton of fun, especially now where there's there's no sports going on. The NFL should abolish the draft forever immediately. Uh, (laughs) Now, Let's just look at this from a perspective. Obviously, it is a blast to watch the draft. There's a reason they spread it out over three nights. It's because ratings, ratings, ratings. I've got it on the TV in the corner right now. But as far as just a practical application of of it to the sport, no, there's the NFL draft should not exist. Um, the the idea that you are a professional uh, any in any field and you are you're done college you're done uh, your your education and you're ready to go into your professional field and basically it's like no 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 you're going to get randomly selected by this organization uh, and play in a random city and also your contract is slotted so you don't really have much negotiating power as far as how much you're paid um, oh and uh, you know and and you're there for 4 to 5 years that's that's a bizarre thing to say to somebody who's one of the you know five you know 300 best people in their in their role in the world and yet the nfl and every other major sport does this every year for the for the draft uh they reward teams for tanking i say this as an unabashed fan of the philadelphia 76ers who made tanking their middle name for a few years but it rewards (laughs) teams who intentionally lose it rewards teams like the miami dolphins who basically fielded a skeleton crew this year and and get rewarded for it by taking Tua Tungavailoa with the fifth overall pick in the draft. And they get a bunch of other draft picks this year. Uh, additionally, it just looks weird to have a bunch of old white dude owners select, let's be honest, predominantly African-American athletes <laughs> and say, this is where you're going to play. Like, it's just, listen, I, I get it. It's not, you know, it, it, it just the imagery is a little weird if you think about it. Um, also, the way that you, and now the way that you fix it, because the, the counter argument is, well, you know, what are you going to do if you don't have a draft? You let everybody free, be a free agent. You let everybody come out of, the, of college and sign wherever they want. Now, the common counter argument to that is, well, they're only going to play for the big market teams. They're only going to, you know, you know that, that's what's going to stop the Patriots from just going and signing the best receiver every year. Well, there's two ways you solve that. First of all, there's a hard salary cap in the NFL. Teams are only allowed to have a certain amount of cap space devoted uh, Mm -hmm. to their team every year. And then the second way you change that 
is you get rid of maximum salaries and you get rid of of contract of, of salary scaling in the NFL. You, now, right now in the NFL, rookies are locked into a contract based on where they are drafted. You get rid of that. You pay them whatever you want. You go back to way, the way it was before and you get to pay whoever you want. Uh, and, and and listen, yeah, maybe it's not as fun to play in Buffalo as it is to play in uh, in Los Angeles or in New York or in Miami or something like that. But let's say you're the Bills. Let's say you have the Buffalo Bills this year. And you're, well, geez, I mean, you know, we can't compete with uh, with New England. We can't compete with uh, with New York and all that in terms of like what we offer as a city. But you know what? We're just going to pay Joe Burrow $60 million a year. <laughs> And we'll figure out the rest from there. Now, is that the brightest idea? No, but it's the, it, it gives the Bills a competitive advantage. It gives the Bills equal footing and allows them to pay as much as the Patriots will. Um, you're not limiting it and you're not you're basically removing that as a you're basically adding that as a variable. So I think you get rid of the draft. You let players be free agents, and this will work in every sport, especially the NBA. I think this absolutely would work in the NBA, um, but because the NFL draft is here, I want to apply it to the NFL. Get rid of the draft. Let players play where they want. Let them get paid a boatload of money, and if teams want to sign you know, Joe Burrow to, to six-year, $60 million contract, great. Uh, you know, that's not the brightest choice, but it will allow them to allow things to be more competitive and it will keep players from going to the same bad teams every year. It will stop rewarding bad teams for being bad. And then you don't have to deal with the Bengals being at the top of the draft every goddamn year. <laughs> you don't have to watch it anymore. <laughs> it's fun. And listen, and the other thing is, if you want to make it an event the way you do with the draft, like the big thing is that the, the, the draft is a spectacle. Before this year, they always had it in, you know, Radio City Music Hall or it on uh, on the Parkway in Philadelphia. You know, they had it in these big events. If you want to make free agency night that kind of night, you can absolutely just have a, a, a nighttime special the way you have it right now with the with the NFL. Have, you know, Adam Schefter, have the, the commissioner on, have have a bunch of talking heads talking through, okay, free agency starts at 5 p.m. tonight and you make it a big event that way. So there's still absolutely ways to make it uh, palatable for NFL fans. Uh, The draft is retrograde. It is regressive um, (laughs) and it has no place in a modern society. (laughs) I agree. Totally. Also also the Eagles should draft uh, Patrick Queen at linebacker with their, with their pick this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Since we're still doing the draft, I may as well make a prediction for that. They're not going to take him, but I think they should. There's no way they'll take Patrick Queen, but uh, but I think they should. That's, anyway, that's my take. If you want to see good more, take. yeah, that's a good take. Any, yeah, I'll, I'll take. open up the follow-ups. Anyway, yeah, I was less. I well, it's just it's just like I don't understand it. I think it is. Yeah, I think the fact that you can lose your way into a better team seems silly to me. Yeah. And people complain about that. They complained about tanking when the Dolphins did it this year. They complained about tanking when the 76ers did it a few years ago. This solves that. You get rid of the reward by getting rid of the draft and you still allow those teams to get better if they want to spend a boatload of money. That's all. Yeah. (sighs) Free market, Um, baby. Free market. Yeah, man. Listen, listen, if if there's anything that these guys should appreciate, it's free market capitalism. Like, Just (laughs) let the guys go and make the money that they deserve. Um, so also, I think this would, uh, as a quick aside, this will help veterans as well. Um, it seems counterintuitive to say, oh, uh, yeah, the, the reason that the rookie scale is in place for the NFL is because veteran players are getting pissed off because guys like you know Sam Bradford were coming out of college and immediately getting paid you know the most money that any quarterback has ever been paid. And so the veterans are going, 
well, why does Sam Bradford get all this money? You know, I've been in the league for five years. I want to get more money and all that. Um, so <laughs> as a result, uh, they, you know, they, the union negotiated for a rookie wage scale. But the problem is that made rookies even more valuable because you could only quote unquote pay them a certain amount of money. So the owners are like, well, geez, if we're going to be forced to pay Russell Wilson peanuts, um, we're just going to take a lot of young guys because we were forced quote unquote to pay them peanuts. So oh, no. the, uh, the, the veteran players get locked out of a job uh, because it's much more about if you have a 30 year old guy who you're going to pay the league minimum and a 22 year old guy who you're going to pay the league minimum, you're going to take the 22 year old guy. You're going to pay the league minimum. So Oh, so yeah. this this ultimately will help veteran players as well. That's my addendum. Yeah. Yes. Boom. Anyway, uh, if you want to see more of my cockamamie sports takes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's M Kaznel. M K A S Z N E L. Tim, where can they find you on Twitter? At Tim R Hansen. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's S O B. And Mr. Sweeten. At B underscore Walnuts. The podcast Twitter feed is at brose underscore podcast. We're also on Facebook at brose podcast. Uh, you can listen to our fine program anywhere where podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in. Uh, and if you have a question you'd like to send in for us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That is brosequestions at gmail.com. Um, special thanks as always to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, Shannon Vogel for designing our logo. Uh, you can find her work on Etsy.com and at Shannon Vogel photography on Facebook. And our theme music is when by Steven Siebert. Uh, and you can listen to his work at the free music archive. Uh, Rich, what is going on with PodQuest these days? Uh, check out PodQuest, a nerdy roundtable uh, where we talk about uh, whatever news and the stuff we did that week. This week, we should probably be talking quite a bit about kingdom hearts since uh i just purchased all of the games that were on sale for like 40 bucks total um mm -hmm. so we'll probably talk about that for quite a bit okay solid stuff um yeah. i i co-host the keystone coast to coast sports podcast with my buddy eddie provident we typically do sports focused on the state of pennsylvania um and uh we'll most likely in our next episode be discussing the nfl draft and we'll be continuing our favorite players of all time uh, test from <laughs> uh, we finally have it. I'm sorry. The, there's a live video of a head coach and he's, he's like four feet off camera, uh, way off center uh, during the NFL draft. Uh, we finally had it with first old man moment of the draft. Uh, and so we'll be talking about the NFL draft and we'll also be doing um, our favorite player of all time from every NBA team and every MLB team. So it's gonna be a good time. Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Bye. Oh boy. All right. For Rich Sweet and Sean O'Brien, Tim Hansen and the entire action moves team. The moon. My name is Matt Casdell, reminding you to be smart about being stupid. Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. Arriba! Arriba! Arriba!